Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren Keplinger, and today we are talking about myth number two in my series of myths about selling online that we're digging into. Um, If you missed last week's episode, it was all about the timeline to success in business and the idea that you're going to be able to start a business and pretty much immediately have sales and be bringing in a consistent income really, really quickly from your business. That was myth number one. And these were things that people left me in my Instagram story. I had a little thing where they could fill in like, these are the myths that I hear about selling online or maybe something that I believed about selling online when I first got started. Today for myth number two, we're going to talk about expenses. One thing that people talk a lot about with, in regards to myths in general, sort of about selling online, is that it's either really, really cheap to sell online or it's really expensive to sell on Etsy. I hear both sides of those. So there are people who will say that, you know, they expect selling online to be free. Um, They expect everything to be free. Or there are people who say, like, I would never start an Etsy shop because it's way too expensive to sell on Etsy. So kind of runs the gamut there of actually really polar opposites. But the, the one that I heard most in my myths on Instagram was that it is really cheap to sell online or they expected it to be free to sell online, that there were no expenses related to starting a business on the internet. Last week, we talked about the timeline for businesses, and we talked about things taking a lot longer to happen than obviously we wish that they would. And one of the things I mentioned in that episode is the article that I had read that mentioned that a two to three year timeline is the sort of general timeline for profitability for small businesses. If you were to go out today and decide that you wanted to open a brick and mortar shop in your town and get started selling whatever it is that you sell, there are a lot of costs involved in that. Not only costs to even just do research about the market, um, costs related to getting a lease or buying a building, renting equipment, decorating the space, like a cash register or whatever, all of those kinds of things. Major investments, tens of thousands of dollars. But the people that are moving into doing that, who are thinking about opening a shop and or moving forward with opening a shop, are being really thoughtful about the business that they're starting. What are they gonna sell? What is the business plan for it? Usually if you're taking out a loan, they require you to have a business plan that's written out. Um, What is their expectation for profitability and for revenue? What does the market look like, the competition, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In contrast, selling online sets a different expectation about how you get started with it and, and what your expectation for the revenue that you're making from it in general, um, which we talked about in last week's episode. So if you didn't listen to that one, that would be a good place to start. 
But rather than thoughtfully undertaking tens of thousands of dollars in renovations and business planning and having, you know, two years before they expect to be profitable or whatever, instead, people jump into it with absolutely no planning, no real research. They just kind of jump and get started. Now, I'm going to caveat this by saying I don't necessarily think that jumping into internet stuff and getting started is a bad thing. I am a jumper. I jump and then I figure out how to do it. And that has been a pattern throughout my 10 years of entrepreneurship is that I jump into something and then I kind of figure out the details later and I don't do a whole lot of planning. However, I I would never expect everything to be free. So... Um, I think that some of that depends on your knowledge of what it looks like to run a business and how you are going into it, um, what what that landscape looks like for you or what your familiarity is with starting a business. So I don't want to sound like it's a negative thing if you jump into it without planning out a whole business plan. I think that's kind of overkill for starting an online business. I also do see people that end up like kind of paralyzed by their research that they're doing. They are researching every single aspect of it down to like the crossing their T's and dotting their I's. And it's so much research that they end up not actually taking any steps to get started. So there's kind of a medium there of that. But um, jumping in to an online business and not expecting to have any costs associated with that business is not realistic. When that happens, what happens with people is that they're not in a place where they have any money set aside to invest into the business or put into the business to get started. And so they're always kind of scrambling for the next set of expenses. And there are always going to be the next set of expenses. When I got started selling on Etsy, I had a one needle embroidery machine that I bought at a yard sale that was a hunk of junk. It barely turned on. It was like almost impossible to use. It was very, very clear to me quickly that this was not going to be functional for me to run a business with. It was not reliable enough. It didn't do a good enough job. Like it didn't have the quality of stitching and stuff that I needed to move forward in the business. So I bought another machine, a brother. um, Gosh, I can't even remember what it was the numbers. I think it was like a 470 or something. I can't remember the numbers, but you can like buy it on Amazon. I bought a brother embroidery machine, still a one needle. I think it was around $500 at the time, although this was a long time ago. Um, And I bought that one to open my shop once I kind of got the hang of embroidering. So, you know, it was a $500 expense. That was going to be okay, even if I didn't make a bajillion dollars. But it wouldn't have been something I would have been super excited about, but it also wouldn't have like sunk our entire family. I got started with that. And then within about nine or 10 months of getting started, I bought a $6,000 six needle embroidery machine. This was really the first step where it was very scary to make that kind of investment because it's not something that I ever would have bought if I was just doing this for myself, for my kids, you know, doing my own little hobby thing. The one needle embroidery machine, I could like tell myself that if the business didn't work out, I could just monogram stuff for my own children and that would be fine. 
Um, I could no longer tell myself that story with the $6,000 embroidery machine. And also at that point, we really didn't have $6,000 set aside. So I charged this to a credit card, which I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. Um, talk about credit cards and using credit cards for that kind of stuff. But this is not a purchase that would have really been okay with us <laughs> um, if the business had not worked out. And I only had about $10,000 total sales, not like profit, but $10,000 total in sales when I invested this in this machine. So it was scary. Later on down the road in my business, I the next kind of big jump for me was to get some wholesale accounts from places that I was buying retail so that I could reduce the expense of my supplies. So rather than go to a store and buy it retail where I'm paying the retail price, I'm paying taxes, I'm paying all of that kind of stuff, I got a resale, like a tax ID number and all of that, a resale license, and then could buy wholesale from wholesale accounts. But the catch of that is you have to buy a lot. So all of a sudden, instead of buying, you know, $100 worth of quilts, I was buying $5,000 worth of quilts. Again, $100, I could probably give them to some of my friends and I'd be okay. I knew enough people having babies that I could monogram them and life would be okay. $5,000 worth of quilts, absolutely not. That would be a lot of babies. So taking that big leap, again, was very scary. I started a website, a Shopify website, without any real knowledge of if I knew how to market to two people outside of Etsy, if it would bring in any money, maybe it was just gonna be a losing venture. And even with the coaching side of my business, before I ever wrote my first course, before I ever taught anybody anything other than just like some blogging, guest blogging, that kind of stuff here and there, I spent $5,000 on a program where I went and I also flew out to California, um, went out there and, and learned with someone for six months about how to teach, how to structure a course so that people can get the best results, all of that. Again, this was like a whole new venture for me. It was very, very scary. Um, it was a lot of money and just a big investment into this next phase of my business. Those are just sort of my own anecdotal experiences with investments in the business of that I've created, both sides of the businesses. But I want you to hear me when I say that at every step of making these investments, it's scary. It's a big jump. And you think, I really hope that this doesn't just like crash and burn and then I've wasted all of this money, especially because, I mean, I'm not a Kardashian, like $5,000 to go for, to learn um, with this person to how to do the coaching and stuff, that was a lot of money. And my husband would not have been okay if two months later I'd been like, eh, I don't think I want to do this. I'm just going to, you know, not. And that was just like a fun little trip to California. That would not have been real cool in my house. So this was, there is a feeling of pressure undertaking investments like that. While starting an online business is significantly cheaper, like exponentially cheaper than starting a brick and mortar business, it's not free and it's not realistic to expect that you're not going to have any expenses related to starting a business. 
at the very least, you're going to have material costs for your products, equipment costs for whatever kind of, you know, equipment you're using to make your products, some costs related to basic branding, listing fees on Etsy, if you set up an LLC or something like that. It's important to be prepared for these expenses. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to run your business as efficiently. You're always going to feel like you're behind because you're spending money that you weren't anticipating spending. And so that's coming. It's got to come from somewhere. Where, where is it coming from? I had a friend who had an Etsy shop a while back and she was kind of in this trap. They really didn't have the money to invest in stock and materials and that kind of stuff. And so she would make sales on Etsy and then she would use the money from the sales to buy the stock for the product after she'd already sold the product. So this is kind of like backwards from where you need to be. But then in the meantime, because this this cycle had been going on for a long time, so she was pulling money out of this business in terms of like deposits and stuff from Etsy and using it as a paycheck. But then she didn't have the stock available in order to fill the orders that she'd already gotten. And so there was this cycle that was really detrimental and ultimately ended in the shop being shut down because she didn't have the money to buy the stock for orders that she'd already gotten paid for and and it was not it was not good. So having the money set aside where you're not always in that cycle of kind of panic of, you know, I I sold one $40 item and then Etsy deposited, you know, whatever they're going to deposit from that $36 or whatever. And so now I have to use that $36 to go out and buy materials for to fill the order is going to be an extremely inefficient and much more expensive way of running your business. When you get stuck in that kind of cycle, and obviously that's an extreme example with only one order, but I don't really think it's an extreme example in terms of a lot of the lack of planning that people have in their shop and the way that they end up filling those orders, even if it's not like a one-off like that. Maybe it's not $40 and then you run out to fill that order. Maybe it's a whole week of money that Etsy then deposits, but then you have to, you know, you have a two-week turnaround time. And so now you're trying to fill those orders with that money. And those are the times where the things like the Silicon Valley bank delayed payment thing ends up being really detrimental to people because they're relying on that money in order to fill orders that they've already gotten. And then the deposit gets delayed and they don't have the money. When in reality, they should have already had those materials in stock and everything. Hopefully that makes sense. But really what I want to focus more on is how that lack of planning and the lack of ability um, or willingness to invest any money in your business holds you back from growing your business. You end up in situations where you're running around town trying to buy one-offs because you don't want to make a larger purchase order. So, you know, rather than buying $5,000 worth of quilts, you're buying them one at a time. And every single time you're, you're selling one, you have to go and go to wherever you're buying it from and 
pay for, you know, the retail price of that, or you're ordering it on Amazon. And so then you're having to pay the retail price on Amazon or, and, or shipping if they charge for that, all of those kinds of things. So you're spending more money to buy your raw materials because you haven't planned and you haven't made a larger investment to have the ability to fulfill orders as they come. On the flip side of that, there is, again, a balance with how much inventory you have in stock, how long you're going to be holding that inventory, and what your rate of selling the inventory is so that you don't have all of your money tied up in inventory. So those are kind of opposite extremes there. The people who don't hold any inventory are always scrambling, but the people who hold a ton of inventory end up struggling to run a profitable business because all the money that they make in potential profits just gets reinvested back into inventory and they have entirely too much inventory on their hands. So there's a middle ground there where I will tell you for me personally in my shop, there are times where I pay a slightly higher price because I want to order fewer of the items. And so I know that I could get it cheaper, let's say with quilts. I know I could get it cheaper if I were willing to order 500 of them at a time, but I don't want to make that big of a purchase because I know that it's gonna take me, you know, X amount of months to sell 500 of them. And I would rather pay a slightly higher price to order 200 of them. But that slightly higher price to order 200 of them is still gonna be significantly cheaper than it would be if I ordered two of them from a retailer. So there is a balance there. The next thing is not being able to grow your shop because you don't have the money to invest in upgrading your equipment or your, however you make your products. So the example that I think of here is for people who are wanting to grow a laser shop and they have like a Glowforge laser versus one of the larger lasers, which are way more expensive, but they're also like way faster and have like a lot more ability to do more complex things, larger things, all of that kind of stuff. For me, it was the one needle machine versus the six needle machine. And then buying multiple six needle machines really transformed the business. So not being able to plan ahead with your expenses is going to hold you back because you're not going to be able to take that next leap into something that can make your business a lot more efficient, which is then going to make you way more profitable. The next thing is leaving sales on the table because you're not doing any marketing because you don't want to invest in any software costs. I think of this as um, like building your own website on something like Shopify. I pay $39 a month on Shopify. Um, that is well worth it to me, but I do hear from people who don't want to make that investment. The other huge place that I see this is email marketing. People don't want to pay like even 10 or $20 a month for email marketing. And they're leaving a huge amount of money on the table by not being willing to invest in any kind of software that's going to then help them take the next step to consistency and building a, a brand recognition for your customers and that loyalty from your customers. When I look at my Shopify site, I see for the first quarter of 2023, my revenue grew 309% from the previous year. Almost all of that was driven by email marketing. And that is where I say 
the amount of investment that you're making in a software like that that can then make such a difference in your profitability and your revenue, by not wanting to make that investment, you're leaving so much money on the table. Now, again, I wanna caveat this by saying that there's a balance. I don't want you to have so many software subscriptions that you're basically like nickel and diming yourself to not being able to make any profit. And it can easily get that way. There are subscriptions for everything from, you know, social media scheduling to email marketing, Etsy Plus, Shopify, various different apps on Shopify, blah, blah, blah. You can really spend a lot of money if you're not careful with what you're signing up for and how you're strategically using it. Or if you sign up for it and then you don't use it, which is just a total waste of money. <laughs> but to want to not be willing to try something out because you don't want to pay for, let's say, an email marketing program for, you know, three months or something to give it a try, provided that you have an email list to email, is not wisely moving forward in your business. It's saving money in a way that's ultimately really hurting you. And I don't want to see you kind of nickel and dime yourself where you say, you know, I don't want to spend, let me see here, because I know that I have a discount. So um, yeah, so you can sign up for the email marketing program that I use for $19 a month um, with a discount code that I have. So I don't like to see people say, I don't want to spend $19 a month on email marketing because it's too expensive. And then, you know, I, on the flip side, see this 309% growth in my revenue in my Shopify site that's, I would say, probably 90% driven by email marketing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, $19 a month is nothing versus the returns that you're getting. And again, this is going to be very person dependent. If you love social media, maybe it makes more sense for you to sign up for a social media planner. Um, like a I use plan, which is P-L-A-N-N, -N, um, for my social media scheduling. I'm horrible about using it though. So that's where I'm like, do as I say, not as I do, because I'm not good at scheduling things. Um, if you don't love social media, then, and actually for anybody really, I would say email marketing is the best place to invest in. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe that depends on your business and where you want to invest the most time and where you anticipate getting the most results from. So I'm not saying to sign up for all of the subscriptions and do all of the things. That is never how I want you to feel that you need to spread yourself too thin. But I also don't want you to leave sale, potential sales and potential relationship building efforts on the table and then not utilize the resources that are fairly cost effective with big major returns. I did wanna say that um, before I kind of wrap up about using credit cards, I said before, I'll touch on that later. Um, there are people who will say like, you need to take out a loan and get started in your business because you're stupid if you don't just jump in right now and get started and you can always pay it off. Um, that's a really optimistic way of looking at it, um, that you'll always pay it off. There are plenty of businesses that take a very long time to be profitable. And I would never want you to take this advice as that you should jump into things that you can't afford, um, 
or that you should undertake debt or expenses or whatever that looks like for you that you truly cannot pay for. Um, Nobody except for you ultimately knows your financial picture. Nobody online can tell you you should or should not undertake debt to start your business. Nobody should be telling you that anyway. Um, So I don't want you to hear this as a like do it at all costs, no matter what. That is absolutely not what I think. It is not a good place to be in starting a business if you don't have any money to invest in the business. So I would not advise starting a business pretty much across the board if you have to go massively into debt to start that business, especially the kind of business that we're talking about here, an online business, an Etsy shop, all of that kind of thing. I never would have just right out of the gate bought a six needle embroidery machine. I never even would have bought multiple six needle embroidery machines when I bought that first one. I added those over time as the business got more profitable, as I had a better grasp of what my expenses were versus the profitability of the business so that I knew that I had the money set aside and that it wasn't gonna be debt, it wasn't gonna be charged to a credit card. The only one that I did that for was the very first one that I bought. So I think that that is a really personal decision that is highly dependent on your family money situation um, and your ability to pay that back regardless of how quickly your business is profitable. And I would never advise that you get in over your head in starting a business like this because I think that it's going to end up in like sort of a panic spiral where you're really you're like frantically trying to make money because you really don't have the money that you've already spent. So that's sort of my disclaimer about the whole thing. I I always feel um, a little bit weird, I guess, talking about this or a little bit hesitant to tell my story or to have a recommendation in that sense because you know, when I started this business, my husband was in the military, so he had an extremely dependable paycheck. So ultimately, if this business had never taken off and nothing had ever happened with it, he still had a very dependable paycheck and we could have, you know, figured it out. It would not have like bankrupt us. But that's not the case for everybody. That was a position of privilege for me to be able to start in that way. And so I don't want someone to take this advice and to hear my story and to think that that is the right decision for them. You're the only one that can make that decision and to decide where that line is between growing your business and investing in tools to do that and then really not having the money to take that next step. So ultimately, I think that starting a online business is the cheapest way to go if you are going to start a business, certainly cheaper than starting a brick and mortar, and it has a much lower barrier to entry in terms of getting started in the business, getting to a point where you can be profitable, adding things as you go and not having to make huge investments right up front. You don't have a huge cash problem right from the very get-go, but it's not free. As they always say, nothing is free. Nothing in life is free. It's more accessible, it's cheaper, it's doable for most people, 
but it's not free and nothing that you're going to use, whether it is an app that you add to your Shopify site or an email marketing software or a a planning tool or a social media schedule or whatever is going to be free. There are going to be expenses that are associated with using those things and being able to go into it with the expectation that you have a certain budget set aside, particularly in the beginning when your revenue might be low, to have some money set aside to keep you afloat, to pay those expenses, even if your business is not bringing in a huge amount of money. Preparing for that is important so that you can grow and you can take that next step into how you're going to build your business and continue to grow your revenue and not feel like you're always trying to play catch up. Being able to put some of the money that you make from your business back into it is going to allow you the freedom and the flexibility to grow in a strategic way, to think about what your next step is or what your next wholesale order is or what your next collection that you want to have in your shop or whatever, and not always feel like you're scrambling around, trying to put out fires, trying to stay afloat and just in a reactionary mode. You're able to strategically look to the next step instead of just reacting to what's happening to you. I hope that this episode was helpful for you. um, And I hope that we have busted the myth that it is free to sell online or it's not going to cost you anything to run a profitable business because that's not really realistic. It is going to have some expenses associated with it. It is Not necessarily going to be super expensive, but it's also not going to be free. I will see you back here next week for another myth we will talk about. I'll see you then. 